pre-potting, and I need you guys more than ever. Festival of Friendship with uh, Periscope. There it is. So now we are up. Let me just check out this sound. Do you guys ever do Cameo? Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. For the uh, doing the shout-outs? No. What's, oh, Cameo, the like the app where you yeah. do the... Okay. So, so, Not the band. Someone Acts, asks you, they pay you, and then you give them a birthday shout-out or a shout-out to their dad or right. whatever they... Yeah, that's... Uh, I've been doing a couple of those. Got a... How much do you want? Brody Stevens cameo. I mean, you can list them anywhere from... You can list them anywhere from five bucks to like a hundred, two hundred, twenty. Just whore yourself out there. Yeah. Whore your voice. Yeah. The sound That's, I need those sound effects. You do? I, I need them in my life. <laughs> iPad beats. You can't get them. I'm serious. It, it's, there, there are certain things. Yeah. Get out of the way. Move it. Move it. There's a nice thing. Musical. It's musical. Move I need that. these. You don't need Coach T. You just have pros. Do you understand? <laughs> the roast battle. That's why I need it. Like, if I if I ever did roast battle and you weren't hosting, mm-hmm. I'd be hella mad. You know, sometimes when you're not available, I, I would literally just walk off if you and Coach T and the whole crew wasn't there. Oh, if well, I'm there, I need everyone there. It's yeah. just Josh, Josh Meyerowitz. They don't even have a host. You just battle. We're, we're pre-potting right here. We have uh, Tehran. Now, is that the, the full... the. Tehran. It's it's Tehran. it's kind of like the Madonna. It's like I like it. Jesus. You just throw out the one name. Tehran. You get it. Yeah. Tehran. Brian Ter- Moses. Yeah. Not Tehran. Like, like, like it's Tehran. 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 Actually, yeah. the way all of you said it yeah. was all wrong. And yeah. here's the thing about that. Oh, it was. That. I, 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 I was doing it on purpose. I say it's, save it for I don't even know your yeah. name. Give us a gentle, because uh, this is pre-potting. Oh, okay. Right we're well, just, we're yeah. pre-potting. Well, the we're concept pre- is it's it's Persian, mm-hmm. so it's it's actually Tehran, right? Tehran. But yeah. as long as you oh, get the concepts it. in there, I'm I'm happy. Okay. Yeah, it's just like terror, you know, like when... Brody. Did I say it like that? I just felt. I didn't say terror on. No, he always said <laughs> terror on. Like terror on. Yeah, like terror on. Terror I like it. Yeah. So we got that. We got name enunciation. You do a lot of names, Brian, because you. All are I know a host. is names. Eric Ligny, Stephen Stevens. You got it, Stephen Brody Stevens. Brian Moses. Hello, I'm Tehran. Tehran. Let me get the proper pronunciation. Yeah. And I and this would be That's you guys sexual are, when you say it like that. <laughs> you guys so are friends. Purpose. I like to see that friends. Yeah. I, I assume. Oh, what do you mean? Because all African Americans are friends. That's First exactly of all, he's not even African American. Half. So, yeah. That's what I meant. He just yeah. said Persian. All right, all right, fine. I said half. Half. And you're full. Yeah, yeah, full, <laughs> full, and deep in like, balls deep, balls deep African American. In African, really? I'm not. I'm, I say American black. I'm not. I'm not African American. I'm not. I'm not taking my Africanness away. I just feel like it's. It should be implied. Like you see black, you're like, oh yeah, Africa. So I'm. I'm. I'm from America, but then I'm also black. So I'm American black. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Save that for the podcast. So this. I'm doing some early. Yeah, I'm you're just, vetting. I'm just kind of like testing the waters here, so okay. where we can go. Dipping a toe in. Oligny, anything I should mention you to these? Uh, you said about questions or what? Yeah. So this will be the last time that. The Festival Friendship will be on Periscope. For now on, we're going to go to YouTube Live. Uh, so every week, you're going to go to YouTube Live for the Festival of Friendship. They'll put, uh, we'll put a link up on Facebook, Twitter, so you can go and get to that. Uh, if you have any questions that you want to send to the guests, you're not going to know who the guests are each week. You just send in questions that you think would be funny to ask somebody. Brody will pick some funny questions that you ask on Twitter. 
uh, at Brody is me friend on Twitter. So you're saying use Twitter to get questions for the audience? Yeah, get, and they can interact with the they can interact with the show. You can hashtag it Festival of Friendship, so you can see other people's questions. Because the Periscope won't be running. Because the Periscope won't be running, so we want to make you guys still feel like you're in Periscope, even though that we're not going to be having the Periscope. Now this is pre-pod right now. We may or may not. This could go on the podcast. Yeah, it could. It could not. It's depending on the editing, but yeah. Editing. Yeah. What do you mean editing? I don't know. Isn't there a, don't you edit? No, I don't. Okay, well then there you go. I'm Send just saying, like, you we decided to record <laughs> some of these pre-podcast moments. Mm -hmm. I guess uh, maybe we'll roll in to the show, meaning like just go. So this is like an imaginary line now. Like we don't know what the show is. Well, no, I know what the well. See, this a lot is really of, a festival, but yeah. I do the pre, a lot of rooms. I do the pre-pod and I put it up on Periscope. I guess I could still continue to do that. Yeah, that would be fun. All right. So listen, I'm locked in. I'm ready. To, I'm ready right. to do this. Uh, Eric, you could uh, chime in when you can. Keep keep me. Uh, tell me what I need to say. You're on it. I, I think you. Uh, in I terms of this. notes, I like that beanie. You like it? Yeah, I really do. Should get them to sponsor you. Well, they sent it to me. Yeah. Did they really? A couple Let's years think, ago. I had sponsorship. Who are they? Things. Yeah. You have no idea. All right. I say we're going to... I think we do. I'm going to start this. <laughs> I'm going to do like a minute or two. I'll keep it tight. Monologue. And then I'll just uh, have you guys come out and we'll talk and relax and do that. You've done podcasting before. People are forced to listen to this. So you will get some listeners and we'll go from there. All right. Here we go. We're set. Emma's over there. I'm here. We're working on... Have you guys been in the studio here before? I was just here a couple days ago with Moz. Enjoy it. Moz Dubrani. He's looking got a new to, podcast. Looking to buy the place. <laughs> okay, here we go. Emma, I am prepared. And I'll start right here. Here we go. Three, two, one. Yes, you got it. Hello, everybody. I am Stephen Brody Stevens, and welcome to the Festival of Friendship. It is back stronger than ever. Why say Festival of Sports when we are going beyond those associations? We are, we are, this is all encompassing. Not to say that I won't talk about sports, not to say that I won't talk about friendship. I just feel that I've done the Festival of Friendship. Festival of Sports is great, and that may branch off and be its own thing. But you know, each and every week for the last year, I have been coming to the studio on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. in Burbank, California, providing you with content. I'm good at that. You tell me where to go, I show up. You tell me to be Brody, I can do it. You tell me to do this, I can do it. You want me to open, close, host? What's that? So we already have somebody behind the scenes who made it. You know what? It's it's radio. It's podcasting. It's Twitter. It's the whole. And by the way, this is the last time we're going to be on Periscope. We're going to start moving, migrating into the YouTube arena. Periscope is great. It's good interaction. But I can also see that interaction on Twitter. If you want to ask a guest a question... Now that I have somebody producing, somebody helping out, somebody who says, you know what, Brody, I'm looking to help. You need help, and I'll help you. And today, that guy doing that in that role is Eric Oligny. You've seen Oligny. He was here last week. He's been on the podcast recently. 
And there has been friction, there has been arguing, there has been stress, there has been confusion. But then you get to the point and you just submit. You say, okay, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to... I'm not going to judge. And if you want to provide another point of view, I'll take it. And I'll tell you what, Eric has been doing a great job booking guests. Can I book guests? Yes, I can. I certainly can. You know I can. I could probably do it all. But why not get somebody who wants, you know, most shows have a producer, have talent like Emma's been helping out here, working behind the scenes. Technically, she's doing a great job. She's been taking action, and I didn't, I didn't ask, but now we're seeing that. And I go, oh, it feels good. All things comedy, providing us with the microphones, with the headphones, microphone, headphone. I did not micro, and phone, headphone, micro. Their connection, microphone, headphone. Interesting. You speak into a microphone. You listen through a headphone. You speak into a headphone, you listen through a microphone. Nobody's ever said that statement. Those words are so similar, you would think they would get confused. Give me the headphones, I gotta, I gotta talk. Give me the microphone, I gotta listen. That's never, ever happened. You would think it would, because those words are so similar. The root word, microphone, headphone. That's what you learn on a Stephen Brody Stevens Festival of Friendship podcast. You learn root meanings behind everyday artifacts that we utilize i'm happy to be doing this show having guests now i could be crazy and you can go off into the brody world and that's fine and that's cool but we have to start being honest and we have to start utilizing connections friendships and looking at this podcast as a way for me to introduce friends of mine to my fans but my fans probably know these guys but that's the thing about a podcast. Oh, you know, they all sound the same, but not really because I'm on it. You're seeing different relationships. People say, oh, they've been on our, you've, maybe you've been on another podcast, but the energy here is different. Our relationship is different. I know both of these guys. They're both comedians. Today's guests are performers. They both host. They are solid guys. I've been around them enough to where you go, you know what? It's not an act. It's not phony. It's real. It's, it's uh, I know organic's a word overused, but authentic would be the word. And I appreciate what they do. And when Eric said, hey, we can get these two guys, they wanna come in, let's do it. And I said, Eric, you know, you're doing a good job with the booking. I trust your instincts. Let's make, and if, would I have done it myself, like I said? Maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe if I was in charge of this, this wouldn't have happened until later on this year. But now that I, Bring somebody in, you know, because you you can be strong when you're in, in independent, but you're only when you work with others. You got to be intra-dependent, right? That inter, in, independent, I'm strong on my own. Interdependent, interdependent means I'm strong on my own, but I'm working with you, and we're stronger together. Unity, and that's what we need in this holiday time. It is the holidays. You're listening to all things comedy, Stephen Brody Stevens. Check out the sponsors. I'm merging my old show. I had sponsors on the old show. I'm gaining sponsors here. The show is only growing, and I need to be doing this. Whether this is more for, I think podcasting is healthy. It's like talking, speak. It's scheduled social interaction. And people do enjoy listening to podcasts. You can, they listen while they walk. They listen while they hike. They listen while they drive. 
and we're giving them some positive energy and that's what they need. And that's not what just this podcast is about. It's about more than that. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and bring out our two guests. This show is different. Many podcasts, the host is alone. The host has a one-on-one. The host may have a sidekick. Not on this show. We bring two guests out right in the beginning. That's what they do on the James Corden show now. That James Corden late night, late, late show on CBS. He brings out the two guests right away. And that creates something different. You don't. That's an old school way of doing a, a TV show. I respect James Corden for that. That he mixes up the you know the 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 guidelines for a late late talk show. This podcast is always growing. the 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 title is changing. The identity of the podcast is changing. But I'll tell you what. I show up. I'm here. And I'm glad to have these two guests with me. The first man I'm speaking to, I'm looking at right now, is a comedian. I see him on the Billboard Weekly, the marquee at the Laugh Factory. He hosts a very popular show at the Laugh Factory. It's every Monday night. It's been going. And when you think of Monday nights at the Laugh Factory, you think of this guy. He's put his mark on it. The lineups are unique. He's unique, diverse, and you know what? He works the boulevard. You see him working Sunset Boulevard because there's energy on that street, and people need it. People need it, and this guy's cool. He'll wear a robe. He'll wear a hat. He'll wear glasses. He may even have a cane at times, but he did injure himself recently, so that cane might actually serve a real physical purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, and I've not had, I don't think I've had I know you, the guest I'm about to introduce right now, has not been on the podcast. I don't think I've interviewed you on it because I've had a bunch of podcasts and he seems disappointed, and rightly so. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring out right now and say hello to the man who hosts a great show. He's a comedian. He's an all-around good guy. And I'm going to learn about him today. We're going to learn about what makes them tick, where they're from, what they got going on. And we're just chatting. We're here providing conversation for you. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to my friend, Mr. Tehran. Yes, Tehran is here. You are one of my favorite people on the planet. I don't know if you know how much I enjoy you. Always respond to my Twitter responses. I'm on your Twitter often. Yeah. And just your overall energiness. I really enjoy you as a person. And... If you ever want to change professions, I really feel you could be a hypnotist. I feel like your voice is apt. You it's think just, so? It's just a very, it, it's, it's both provocative and soothing at the same time. It's just a very excellent Well, you voice. have a great voice too, and I Why, want to say thank, thank you. you for that. I, I was just freestyling there. I was kind of like searching for words, trying to not fumble, keep it going. You know, my body, my mind is changing, so I'm very aware of how I've been speaking and my 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 thoughts. So I appreciate that you picked up on that. And the hypnotizing, that seems something that might be worth looking into. It's a thing. I really believe in your ability to to calm and soothe the soul. Well, I appreciate that. And that voice right there, Tehran, I said it wrong. Now, how do you want me to say it? I keep I, going. As long as it's not Taran, I'm happy. It's Tehran. Tehran, 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 Tehran. Tehran. In, in that mode of, 
I was named after the capital of Iran. I've heard of that place. Yeah. Tehran, Iran. <laughs> Tehran, Iran. Tehran. There you go. You know, I did a show last night with uh, Bill Burr, and he has problems reading, too. I mean, he said that uh, reading the teleprompter. I'm reading the teleprompter. He, made, he flubbed a couple, and he was making fun of himself like that. I, I have those issues, too. So I get nervous. and I, But I also think it's, it's a muscle. It's a muscle. And you host, so you get it. This next guy on the show also is a host. He is a comedian. He is a good guy. I've known him for for several years, many years. I feel comfortable with him. He gets me. He understands sports. We can talk sports today on this also if you want to get into that. He is, uh, I'm going to say, an inspirational story. Both of these guys, inspirational stories, what they're doing. This man had an idea. He took the idea. They nurtured the idea. And I'm sure he's spoken about it before. Maybe, maybe not. And that idea sprouted into a popular show at the Comedy Store, one of the staples of the Comedy Store, up there in the belly room. You know it as the roast battle. And this guy helped create it, did it, and still going strong today. And he's on our show right now, and I'm honored to have here with Tehran our good friend, Brian Moses. Yes, Moses, here he is. All right, so I got all got all that out of the way. Thank prickly, you for Brody, and Prickly. You've Are had, you Prickly? You've had tons of podcasts, and this is the first time. It's 2018, Brody. I've known you since, like, 2010. Well, I haven't been booking guests like I should. No, you even made this thing in the beginning talking about, you know, I, if, if, I may not even book these guys. It's like, Brody, I mean, come on. I know, I should you have. Know? You're right. Brian, you're right. I should have had you on. Maybe I was nervous. No, maybe I was nervous. I mean, I'm a big fan, just like Tehran. Now, how do you say you say Tehran? Yeah. You, now, both of you guys, because you host shows. Are black. Are African, if you can't tell yeah, through yeah. the mic. I think people should know that. But you brought it up. I it didn't actually, bring it but up. But it becomes, it, it actually, I can understand mm -hmm. where it's actually a point of contention. It's a, it's a conversation. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. something that should be brought up. Being yeah. African-American? Just this the is, concept that both of us yes. happen to be yeah. black. Well, I'm half black, Moses, all black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm balls deep black. I'm yeah. all the way in. And I, I'm not... I, I don't think I'm black, but I just did Ancestry.com DNA, and they're processing my saliva. So okay. you don't know? I don't know yet. Do you have some? You probably do. I may. I may have a percentage uh, or two. There of, might be some if Sephardic you're Jewish, origin. Right? Yeah. I'm Jewish. Born Jewish, raised Jewish. Moroccans, yeah. Moroccans are, aren't they? So well, there is a chance. Ethiopians mm -hmm. obviously have a very strong <laughs> Jewish heritage. They do, right? They do. So it could happen. Yeah, I did the the I did the uh, DNA and it's coming back. But I, I don't. Uh, the only reason I say is because I've done other podcasts and um, people don't know. They don't know. <laughs> It'd be like me and a bunch of white people. And they'd be like, "Oh, who was that guy saying like, oh, he's you know he's black?" And they're like, "Oh, we we didn't know." Really, like on a podcast? Yeah. When they when they meet you for a first time? No, because the you, listeners. Yeah, when you hear my voice, some people say I sound like a uh, some kind of white man. He sounds he sounds very. Ethnically ambiguous. There, I mean, you can throw. You know, he's American. That's as far as we can go. There's a little bit of bass in my voice. There's a little bit. Yeah. There's a little bit, but it could be. Do you ever hear that you sound like Wayne Brady at I all? I hear Wayne Brady. I hear Trevor Noah. I hear. I hear a lot. Hmm. I hear a lot of. I hear a lot of guys I don't want to be compared to. I don't know about Trevor Noah. Wayne yeah. Brady's a very talented person. Yeah, I no, I, I fuck with Wayne Brady. 
So you like wait, well, that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'll take it as that, listeners. But it also means that Prickly he's he's bread. a little whitewashed. That's yeah. that's what they're saying when they yeah. say that. Yeah. Well, you're from San Diego. That's a white I'm area. I'm not. I'm from. Uh, I mean, I was born in Los Angeles, but then you know, I was raised in like really rural parts of California. You yeah. were? Yeah, like like meth towns. You know what I mean? And that, those are those are white. That's where you all got, white baby. You, you speak meth. Yeah, I speak meth. I speak it fluently. Fluent meth. Yes, mm -hmm. I can. T I can see that. Good call. So we're so you were raised in rural towns in Southern California. Yes. Can I can I hear a couple of those towns? Like where were they? Oh in man, uh, Lemoore, California, which is like forty five minutes from Fresno. Okay, L E M. Another. I mean, there's just two terrible places in California: Fresno or anywhere near Fresno. Yeah, Fresno gets a bad rap. Why it is should. that? Uh, people still. I mean, listen. Their their thing used to be stealing cars. I don't know what it is today. Headquarters but. of the KKK. In oh, California. really? There you go. It's so that. By the way, a lot of those places I grew up were a lot of places like you know a lot of rednecks or not rednecks but skinheads and uh, white supremacists were. And also a lot, a lot of, of um, conservatism in Fresno. I actually really like Fresno, but that's just so Fresno. A lot of meth there too, by the way. There is. So there's yeah. meth everywhere. But Fresno is a Perfect. conservative. It has conservative leanings. Very conservative. I did not know that. White farmers, yeah, they want to keep their money. That's what they say, you know, and sell. Yeah. And now I'll hire cheap labor, but keep my white money. So that's what they're doing. They're white guys who own the farm, and then they hire a couple of the yeah. workers, mm -hmm. the migrants. Is yeah. that what they're called? And they pay them under the table or not much. Yeah, cabbage. So what do you think about? You brought up the farmers. And I don't. We don't. Really, I don't really get political, but I'm sure you guys know about this like in south africa what do you mm -hmm. think about that they're taking the the farm have you heard about it? they're taking yes. the, the farms away from the white guys i don't know the story mm -hmm. i don't know but you you see brian seemed to be a little you know Versed? passionate about it in and south Versed. africa yes like what's your thing i don't know I, I, I don't actually i don't know the story so the concept is in south africa because of after the uh, settlement of apartheid and everything they're saying that they're taking Africa South Africa back for the South Africans and they mm. are reclaiming land that was handed down through the white apartheid mm -hmm. generational and saying that we're we're creating a more fair socioeconomic situation oh, by wow. reclaiming land now it's not as black and white as everyone's making it it's not as clear cut mm -mm. And there's a lot of legalities behind it, but they are taking yeah. land back from, or at least amounts of land. Also, oh, doing like what the uh, what the we did the Indians, right? You're taking their lands, and you can't you can't you can't sit with us. I, I look well. Here's the deal: like Indians, mm -hmm. I don't want to get again. Native. I don't want to get. I don't want to get right, native. Right, see, right, you yeah. pulled me into it. Pulled me. I'm into American. It I'm sorry. I, I say Indian. I don't. I don't know any better. I'm just saying this is a hot button topic, and I didn't realize when you said when you opened my eyes, mm -hmm. Brian, when you said the farmers up. In Fresno, the white farmers keeping all people. Yeah, don't get it twisted, Brody. A lot of people in uh, in California are conservative. It's, it's 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 a pseudo red state to me. You know, it is. Once like, you pass, yeah. it's it's like once you pass the forty eighth parallel and mm -hmm. you go up north, sure. And then there's a there's another place. Once you hit right about San Francisco, then you're back to liberal, yeah, right, uh, extreme liberalism yeah. in in a lot of cases. But a lot of people forget uh, how. How California is actually not just one state; it's it's possibly four different states in one. Southern California, agriculture, Central, military. You know, there's San politics, Joaquin Valley. There's, yeah, the San Joaquin Valley. Yeah, that's that's all like farmland. You know what I mean? Hey, Tehran, you grew up where? Washington D.C. Okay, so Tell you grew them. up in D.C. I am a so D.C. You, kid. You know, government. Were you? Was your family involved in that? My family, in a way. So my mother is the commissioner of HUD. Uh, and housing oh, and urban development. How, with Henry Cisneros. 
Uh, remember him? <laughs> yes. Right? I don't remember him, but I know Good the look name. Look him up. But it, now currently working for Dr. Ben Carson. The brain surgeon. Yeah. Uh, actually a very smart person when it comes to surgery. He's actually he performed surgeries that no one else has performed. He has. Is he so good in government? That's yet to be determined. No. Housing, urban development, of, of course, is the force that's supposed to be fighting gentrification. It's not doing the best job. So my mother, actually, this is a plight for her. And then my father is this immigrant who came to America to study and ended up staying because of the revolution and owns a business. So you put these two together, and with my Hell background, yeah. I have double undergrad degree, a master's, and a law degree. You do? I do. I'm not surprised, but yeah. you do. Bath robed it up, yeah. <laughs> what school, can I ask? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to undergrad at George Mason and then uh, Georgetown. A lot of Georgias. Yeah. Georgetown, <laughs> George Mason. Good, both good, good basketball. Yeah. yeah. That is a lot of Georgias. So you studied that, and you – so you're well-versed. You I, – I try to stay up to date. I – don't have a particular political leaning because people try to rope me Ooh. into this. Are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? How about I'm an American? And yeah. whoever has a good idea, that's the best idea. Sometimes Republicans have really good ideas. Sometimes Democrats have really good ideas. Sometimes both of them have very bad ideas. And if, if uh, political uh, and politicians were more worried about being an American rather than being a Republican or a Democrat, then I think America would be a better place. Oh, yeah. I like what you're saying. So do people assume just because you're you're Afri black, African-American, do they just assume, oh, you're liberal and you're, 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 you're political and you are against the conservatives? You're and you kneel and you, of course, people right. always make those assumptions. <laughs> they assume. Yeah. And you're saying that... No, don't make not those necessarily. Yeah. yeah, boxes are meant for things. Not we don't people. vote. Shit. <laughs> you didn't vote. I don't vote. Yeah, because you feel like it doesn't. Uh... No, no. I'm just I'm ignorant on the issues. Like I, I don't read the issues. A lot enough. of people don't read. Right, but I don't think they should vote. I think if you're not if you're not up to date on the issues, if you're not uh, if you're not versed in the issues, you know, what I mean, if you're not even like reading that pamphlet they send you, why are you voting? It's a popularity contest. So you might fuck up. I don't want to fuck up. No, you, I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. So it's our civic duty to vote simply mm -hmm. because it's a right. Uh, it's a right that a lot of people are fighting for. Now, I do agree where I wish more people were well versed. Mm -hmm. It's confusing. Hey, I, I Wait, do. hold on. It's, it's we how, have our producer. We're in the middle of a great pace right now. And as you can see, we have a producer voice uh -oh. off mic. He said, hey, Brody. Now the flow is being stopped. Is I don't. And now let's find out what he's saying because I was really getting into this podcast, and then I all I, I hear off into the distance. Hey Brody, okay, this better be good. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. So you mentioned right away that this was a hot button topic. Yeah. Usually, what a hot button topic means is you shouldn't touch the button. Right. And now you've gone into a political talk, and that's not really what. I don't think we have. It's principles and politics are very are. different things so we're talking a lot of principles if we were talking politics we would be like president trump is no good or president trump is great that's not what we're doing at all we're See, not touching the concepts of politics however speaking on principles principles of voting is a principle it has nothing to do with po politics voting is about about responsibility it's about duty it's about participation in there government. you go and in the and 
and the country that you are in, the same country that you're saying you're proud of or not proud of, how much are you actually participating? And, and it actually relates a lot to comedy. And I'll tell you how I think so is because I hear a lot of people that tell me they want to be comedians. And then I ask them, well, how often are you getting up? And if they say something like, oh, you know, like once once a month, twice a month, then you don't want to be a comedian. You just wish you were a comedian. How about three times a week? Still not good. Four? You know, I will podcast. never forget... Jamar Neighbors. <laughs> Jamar Neighbors, and I'm watching him hit three to five mics a night, taking the bus to go to them, and walking by me and, tell, and telling me. He's, he literally taking the bus. I believe at the time he lived in Compton, and he would take the bus, come up Sunset, and then walk to every open. There was an open mic at some bar down on Wilshire, and he would get to that. And then he would get back to a potluck, and then he would hit. And I was so impressed with that. Oh, yeah. Dedication. And, and and it's not like even yourself, bro. You hit a lot of mics. For someone who, at your level, whether you realize where you're at in comedy or not, a lot of people would slow down, and you don't. You don't slow down. You are hitting mic after mic. I've seen you do the store, the factory, uh, same night, improv store. I mean, that's in Yeah, I mean, I... Look, I could be doing more. We could always be doing more. Sure. And, and I, I like how you say that. Sometimes you're in it and you don't realize. Like, people do notice. Like, when I, when people tell me they're fans of mine or they, they, they like what I, you know, like what I've done, it's like, I am surprised. I go, really? I don't, I don't, I don't notice that when I'm like in the middle of it or even uh, Instagram stories or tweets I put out. People come up to me if I do more Instagrams. Oh, hey, I like your Instagrams. And I don't, I don't always look at it that way. I, I'm like, oh, I'm pleasantly surprised. When I see a fan, somebody says they like what, you know, I, I am surprised. I'm going, really? You know, I, I, I understand it, and it, it's, a good, it's a good feeling. And you're fearless. That's something that people Sometimes. don't realize on stage is that being able to be fearless. It's something that Tiffany Haddish has mastered, where you're, you're unafraid. You are on stage and you're vulnerable and you're open. And that's something you did, you do on stage and something you did on your show. Did it on my show. And you spoke about topics that people would not speak about. They would not talk about their psychological health. They would not talk about how they feel. And that's something that you do all the time, continuously. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. You know, if you're constantly talking about depression, depression or PTSD, I, you know, you put it out in the universe, eventually you go, yeah, I guess I'm, everyone's depressed or whatever. But I, I don't, I try to, fo I was just like being honest. I wasn't saying like, oh, why me? I'm depressed. I go, I am. What? How did I get here? Why am I here? Working through it. What can we do? And I worked through it with friends, with podcasting, with stand-up, going to the different clubs. That, that's another thing. These comedy clubs, they serve as a community for people. Very much so. You know, the the roast battle, your show. People are coming to the show because it's more than just a stand-up or it's a the scene, roasting. Yeah. It's a scene. And everybody's welcome. And, it, it, and I think it uh, for people who are like maybe lonely, you have a place to go. And that's a great thing about the comedy stores that is like open to everybody. And then if you're funny... Even better, you can get an opportunity with all, right, all right. the craziness that's going on. You can you can find that opportunity. Like, Eric, well, I, I can't believe like you you said that like. Uh, Steve Renazizi just said hello. Steve Renazizi said hello. He was on the podcast last week. This mic stinks, Brody. It does. It's, yeah, that could be the Steve Renazizi mic. You know, it's, it's not even that. You know, I take it back. It's a distinct smell. It smells like sex, and I don't know what kind of sex it is. 
And I probably think that's what's disturbing. Probably me. masturbation. I think it's from Punch Drunk. Punch Drunk, maybe. Oh, uh, they, they, they. It's a lot of anal sex with those guys. They're into that. Uh, those kind of issues, they push it. Right. I'll say this. Don't say anal sex and push it, Brody. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, that could be painful. Fearless. <laughs> I, well, I guess I'll say this. I'm going to be honest with you. Is that? Yeah, it's easy to be fearless when. You know, maybe you're taking a, a pill. You have like a cushion. You don't. It's not life or death up there. Or people think you're funny. Mate, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I go up there, but I I never performed in high school. I never performed in college. I was I was scared. I was fearful. Scared, fearful of being on the mic. Fearful of putting myself out there. Now I would play baseball, and I was a decent player. But comedy and public speaking, I was scared. And but when I when I did that comedy for the first time, I was I was I got I liked it. I, I took my workshop at UCLA and I took an acting class at Arizona State. And rivals, you got it. Rivals of UCLA and Arizona State. There you go. I went to both. There, scouting both schools. <laughs> so. I did it, but when I began comedy up in Seattle, 1994, which was... Grunge. Grunge was was still there, but it was all kind of on the down. Okay. Because grunge was at this its post, height. This is post-Cobain I would say, Well, he passed away in 94. I was there. So, I moved up there in February of 94, and that's kind of when he died. That was right there, yeah. Yeah, I remember where I was at. I was, at my, I was staying out. And, How was comedy then? I mean, because that was like their king, you know what I mean? That was like Elvis dying. Well... First of all, the comedy scene in Seattle, the reason why I went up there is because it was a scene. It was supportive. It was like... Who was up there? Joey Diaz was up there. Josh really? Wolf was up there. Craig Gass was up there. Seattle? Seattle. Oh, why yeah. Seattle? Because it rained. Uh -huh. It was <laughs> hidden up there. <laughs> okay. A lot of culture. Because I went to school, in, like I said, I went to school in Arizona. I had no urge to like... I felt like... If you were different and weird in Arizona, they weren't into that. Okay. Like, they just want to laugh. Whereas Seattle, you could be different. You could be weird. You can make mistakes, and they'll be with it. And there's places to perform up there. I mean, mm -hmm. Seattle is known for the arts more so than Phoenix. Right. Phoenix is known for, like, Southwestern culture and that sort of thing. But actual, like, acting and writing and Reality performing, right. it was Seattle. So I went up there. The real world. The real world was up there. And I did, uh, I would do the open mics at Comedy Underground, Joey Diaz, Josh Wolf. We were like, wow. we'd all hang out. And it was at Swanee's and Pioneer Square, Monday and Tuesday nights. We would go there. And I would get up and I would get laughs. Like guys would be laughing at me if my jokes would go wrong. Oh, come on, I'm funny. I'm a good, I'm a nice guy. How dare and, and they would laugh. But it wouldn't, it wasn't, it wasn't feeling great. It like, it was like stressful for me. And, I, I said, look, I want to like get out of my head. I'm like thinking about it too much. And then that's what I looked into, maybe taking a pill to take the edge off. That's kind of what I did to like give my brain, chill my brain out. And I wasn't, I never, I wasn't a big drinker. I never smoked pot or anything at that point. So then I started taking that. I took a Luvox, which is like an antidepressant, but it worked on, I think, obsessive thoughts. Okay. You got, so this, I would, you got this from a doctor. Yes. Okay. This is actually University of Washington. Okay. This is okay. not a street vendor. This okay. is not, you know. They're not big Luvox. Right. You're like, yo. <laughs> Say yo, it, man. You need that Luvox, bro? Seattle. I don't know what's up there. <laughs> well, 
that that was uh, heroin's up there. Everyone's there was heroin. Depressed. Everyone's depressed. It's yeah, Seattle. that's so what I'm saying. Like, right? wouldn't, there, hey, wouldn't there be like a street yeah, guy? It's the birthplace of of, of depression. Nirvana. Birthplace <laughs> of depression program. was Seattle, no. yeah. and maybe that's what happened. I got I got pulled into that depression. Depressing culture. It's possible, but I also feel like, hey, I'm away from home. I'm on my own. Right. I mean, I'm kind of on my own, but I'm on my own, and yeah. I'm finding out this new Cobain's world. Dead, yeah. And I think that yes, I played baseball. I was on a. I always had structure. I was on a team, but sometimes I didn't. Ha- I maybe I didn't have those coping skills of being on myself, being responsible completely for myself, my own schedule, my own structure, my own money. It was, you know, an added something added. And had you stopped playing baseball at this point when you were doing the comedy? Yeah, I was done. You know that could have added to the depression. You're losing mm. the source of endorphin. So when you play a sport, the concept is you're releasing so much endorphin into your mind. Mm-hmm. And the higher the level, the more the endorphin. Maybe you were finding ways to self-medicate. That's why the comedy Damn. became a, a, a way to to reach out and be able to create something where you're having that adrenaline. Yeah. And you were and it's too it, it was too numb for what you were used to. Look, the, the stress and pressure of a sport mm-hmm. versus you just going up there and succeeding or not when it's there's no actual end game. There is no score to tell you that you won. Right. So you were you it was it was a substitute, but it wasn't good enough. I mean, yeah, maybe I was up there like I was pitching. Sure. Right, you know, exactly. trying to like strike everybody out, yeah. and then if you give up a hit or a home run, oh, I stink, I suck. Exactly, I, I, you know. So I would play baseball, and I would battle up there, and I was able. I can get passionate. Whereas in stand up, you go in that red zone, or you get you get too passionate. Maybe you look scare, throw people off a little bit. Maybe, but yeah, I could have been. I mean, I'm sure that had something to do with it. Replacing that, I mean, that's why exercise is so important. But to be right. a competitive player. Well, that's what people do, right? That's why Jordan was the gambling guy that he was. You need something to fill that. When Rihanna goes on stage and she performs for 100,000 people, you know what she does Monday? Comes home and feeds her cat. That just doesn't cut it. You become a little depressed. There's a high and there's a low. (laughs) And you were used to a high and and you were like, whoa, I need something to. You're right. Whatever goes up, it comes down. You know, so it's like, you're right. The highs and the lows. Well, I need a cat. That's what Eric says. Thank you, Eric. We'll get you in later. Don't worry. <laughs> We're figuring out if he's like chimes in, you know, once in a while, maybe you can hop on the mic or whatever. We'll, we'll figure that out. This is evolving. But I, I, I'm i getting back to, I just want to talk about the medication specifically. Yes. Me taking it up there. Move and it gave me, it just gave me that buffer to like be silly, be goofy and not feel the stresses of it. I took, took me out of my head a little bit. And I was still Brody. It was like, going doing it and i was there in seattle for a few years and i moved to new york i wanted to go to new york joey diaz said you got it you just got i was drawn to going to new york city as a kid i always wanted to go there my friend was working with the yankees it was a perfect opportunity to go out there and feel like oh i could hang out i could see the yankees i have a reason to like not a reason but that's pretty cool and i didn't take medication you know, I was still learning about med. We know more how that stuff affects your body, so to like stop it and start it. But I went there, and I was a tour guide at Radio City Music Hall. I barked at the uh, at the Comedy Cellar. I did my own show on Monday nights, the Brody Stevens Festival of Laughter. I did that for like a year and a half. So I did all that without being on any kind of antidepressant, but I was always like on the fence, and. 
you know, and then I I, I, was, uh, I I got down a little bit, but I was ready to come home, and I came home back here to L.A. and I st- started performing, and I got back on that I got back on that Luvox, not Luvox, the I got on Lexapro, but because for me it was like okay, now we have Facebook, now we've got Twitter, all this social media, the websites. I just felt that added that added pressure. So what I was getting at is I took I've been on that antidepressant for like. 15 17 years, quite a long time old friend an old friend and when i went off it abruptly by mistake a few years ago that's when i did you my got a show. tv show yeah it was already happening but that kind of added to it and that was a real thing you know i learned like you can't stop this stuff cold turkey of course great promotion though yeah for stopping a cold turkey it's yeah. like it took my it took it's my head not my head didn't explode but it was I, I was in a good mood i wasn't in a bad mood that was a thing i was in a good mood manic manic good yeah manic happy like yeah. i can do anything right. kind of thing right 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 and it was out of character oh for 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 you know that's what threw people off so what i'm getting at is recently i'd say about 6 months ago i kind of like phased myself off i felt because I felt my memory wasn't, I felt like these medications were kind of affecting my memory a little bit, my energy levels, and I, through proper supervision, I'd have tapered down. And I've been off it for now. I'm like off it out of my system. Good for you. Even, Clean. and that's what people say. They say good for you. I'm talking about even cholesterol medication. I'm talking about uh, mood stabilizer or sure. Lamictal, which you would take with if you, they don't always just give you a Lexapro. They say, here's a Lexapro, and then you take this as like a backup just in case. So I was on that, and, you know, I was working and doing stuff, but I, I'm, more, I'm more in tune right now being off it, but I don't have that. I don't know if I was like, I mean, maybe I'm fearful. You say I'm fearless. Getting, that's what triggered it because I do feel fear now. I do really? feel I do feel some nerves. Okay, and even like doing this a little little bit. And last night working with Ian Edwards, I had to go. I went out there and I did the audience warm up. I went out there and did that. And you know, I've been going on the road and I'm doing it. And maybe nobody can see like what I'm feeling, but I feel kind of raw. Mm. And I, I I think I need to either I need to just keep at it and get my reps in, get used to feeling this way because. This is how you're supposed to feel, I guess, when people say they're down, like everyone's down. I go, yeah, I guess I am. When I was taking a pill, I think possibly it 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 took that away wow. of being down. Yeah, you had a safety net. Yeah, so well, it possible it was a psychological crutch as well. You knew that you were taking the pill, and because you knew you were taking the pill, you felt you knew what it was supposed to do, and so we would do that doubly as well. So sure, there was a chemical reaction, but also you taking the pill, as we know, obviously, um, if you even take a pill that does nothing, we think it makes you better and you feel a little placebo better. Placebo effect. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a whole placebo. Yeah. So you knew you were taking the pill and now you know you're not taking the pill. I know I'm not yet. It's in my head. I, it's I a think about it. Exactly. It's there, there you go. You know you're not taking it. So I just need to, I'm trying to practice. And part of this is doing the podcast, like do a podcast, book the guests, be social. And I'm not having these are not having like weird thoughts. I'm I feel normal. normal right. But does that scare you? A little bit because I don't feel like I I'm not saying I don't have the coping skills, but I don't know if I have the support system. When we say support system, like, you know, wife, girlfriend, child, right. money, family, career. I don't know if I have that. 
So that's where I get, and then that compounds it. Then you start getting nervous, money, this. Now the nerves come into play. Oh, maybe I need a pill for the nerves. Ah. So, and then part of it's in my head, part of it's out of my head, and then you just have to believe and not question things. Like, I did a good job last night. You know, people would say, like, I was fearful last night. I don't know. I went up there and I did it. So, I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, or do you think a lot of comedians are on meds? Do you think it's a, do you think yes. it's a, uh, a, is it a crutch? Is it a ne necessity? I think it's a crutch more. I mean, for some it's a necessity, for some it is a crutch, you know, but I think they're giving, they're giving those pills to kids so young, it becomes a necessity because when they get off, they're, they, they have a chemical imbalance. Right. They're given to, I, yeah, you're there, you get on that chemical medication merry-go-round right roller coaster your brain becomes attached to it you know what i mean yeah so it takes a while to to get off it yeah, it's and, in your blood it's in your system yeah and i felt like maybe it helped like me doing all those warm-ups but just maybe if i wasn't but i also have to say you know i gotta try it at least I'm, I'm let me let me try and be natural let me try and do the you know get the steps and get the uh proper supplements you gotta, you gotta feel it yeah it, it hurts to feel it. It hurts. I'm yeah, like, it not, hurts I, to feel it. I have like a low mood. Yeah. And I and now I have to like, oh, Brody, you're positive. You're Mr. Energy. Have to work through it. Sure. What do you think about that, Terry? Well, let's say this. Let's, it's not all about me. We're talking more about meds. Well, like, okay. The conversation with comedians. Uh, for, personally, I've never even drank alcohol in my life, right? So I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I've never tried anything. In fact, even after the surgery, because I did just get ACL surgery last week. For two days, I was on Oxycontin, Ooh. and I did not like how it made me feel. For the day of the surgery and then the day after, I did not like how it made me feel, so I, I stopped. I stopped cold turkey, which obviously, as you know, is oh, not the you best You get a TV decision. show out of that. Yeah, I should have got TV. I went through withdrawals. On the For third real? day, I went through the achy, sweaty, the whole nine. It was very bad. That was a song, achy... Breaky. Achy, breaky heart. <laughs> I, I live that achy, breaky, breaky heart life. Full nine. And I've, I've never really been sick in my life. Uh, I, I was sick once when I was a child. And then again, when I was like 22, I got the chicken pox randomly. <laughs> and that was it. I've never dealt with this. And it was very difficult. So the reason I bring that up is because uh, drugs has a, has a very profound effect on you as a person. And you do know that they don't know how drugs work. I don't know if people actually know this. They only know that they do. They don't actually understand the composition of why things work the way they do. That's not my opinion. That's scientific discovery. Mm -hmm. So they're working on that path of why things do what they do. Now, comedy, people who go into comedy are also people who are often, they're like, oh, well, they're prone to depression and this and that. Well, is it that or are the, those people drawn to comedy? It's kind of like being a police officer and you're like, well, why are all these uh, bu bullies, police officers. Well, look at the job that you're offering, and then those are the people that are drawn to that. So the job might be drawing people to it, and a lot of people, once again, self-medicating through alcohol, through drugs, through pills. Mm -hmm. I know it's a lot also, of people on Adderall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? And Xanax? I, keep, I mean, yeah. I mean, I understand you have to take it sometimes as a kid because of the whole, you know, Ritalin thing and you have the ADHD, but uh, I don't know. When I take Xanax, I feel like my, my soul's being taken. Yeah. So I, I've, no, I've only taken it twice. I'm just like, there's no way that kids are doing this. And this they're, is crazy. And the kids are doing it all yeah. the time. All the time. Bars. Zanny bars. Zan bars. And what does yeah. it do? It just kind of like takes their anxiety away. It, it, it makes you fall asleep. But that's not great for stand-up. 
No. Don't I mean I I, I or hip because I do have I I had I did take clonopin a little bit. Mm-hmm. Very small dosage, and I would take a fun it. name by the way, clonopin. Yeah. yeah, I my mom would have to put the clonopin in my Klondike bar. That's one of my bits. <laughs> you know, like a dog, put it in there. But it would it would dole me a little bit. It would mess my thought process up. Sure. It, I wasn't like flowing, like yeah. Bing, Bop, Boom. Takes your energy away, it's supposed to. Right. So it's too hyper. So they yeah they need something to like you know tranquilize them. So that might be good for stand-up if you're nervous, right? No. No, it's not good. You're no, saying Xanax you be, yeah, and Klonopin. I mean, listen, you're putting on a performance. It's a performance art, you know what I mean? But I think what it is, in, in, in association with all the drugs they're taking, perhaps, it's you're being so vulnerable. It is like you're shooting up, you know what I mean? It's such a high up there if it's going well. you know. And if it's not, then it's like, oh, my God, there's a high there, too. Your anxiety kicks in, you know what I mean? And so then your heart rate's going, you know what I mean? So it's like you're, you're on a drug. You're being so vulnerable, they're not accepting it, or they are accepting it. Then you get off stage, and it's all gone. Right. Right? The Once you're off, you're relieved. Yeah. It's the over. high is gone now, right? So, or or you're, you're still feeling the effects. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling good. You're reeling it one way or another. Mm-hmm. So I think it's that. It's just like, oh, your, your brain, it can't, it's like, uh, it's like playing sports. Yeah, it, it has to be. Yeah, it, your, your brain is flooded at that point. It's the concept. The con- yeah. That's why when you say, okay, you can do a five-minute guest spot and that guy runs the light. Because you can't get off yeah. the stage. <laughs> yeah. He's addicted. We're addicted to this, to this drug of stand-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a lot of comedians are. A lot of stand-up comedians are. They're addicted to the drug of stand-up. Well, I mean, for, for me, it was... I never, I took an acting class in college. I think I was funny around my teammates and my friends. And maybe a few times I said, oh, I want to be an actor. I like the attention. I was just, you know, but I never took the acting class. I was a baseball player. Mm -hmm. I never, I never would like hang out in the comedy clubs. We did as a, you know, high school into a couple comedy shows. But I took that, I, I took that acting workshop as trying to be a serious actor at Arizona State. And then they would start like laughing at me. It's like hard to be serious. And I really didn't know about stand-up comedy so much. It was like a f- new thing back in the, for in the in the 80s, late 80s or whatever. And I remember one of the football players said, Brody, you should do stand-up. And I started thinking, stand-up comedy. So that's when I started writing jokes. It was like my final year at Arizona State. I never did any stand-up at Arizona State. So when I was done with college in 93, I said, you know, I got to see if I like stand-up comedy. I mean, I'm feeling like I want to perform, and that's a way for me to maybe go to somewhere else. It wasn't like I want to be a stand-up and be at Madison Square Garden. I I, I want I wanted to stand-up so it could open doors for other things. That's okay. what I saw. So then I took that workshop at UCLA because I needed structure. That's where I was coming from, Arizona State, baseball, structure. Then I also knew... Because I grew up here in Los Angeles, in the Valley, and my mother, her boyfriend, he lived over on Altaloma near uh, near the Comedy Store. Yeah. So I, as a in the mid '80s, I'd be out on the balcony. I could see the Comedy Store, and you could see the lights of the Comedy Store, and you knew something was happening there. Even though I wasn't, I was too young, but I, I felt that energy was like in me. And then when I had the opportunity to take the UCLA workshop and have Sandy Seashore be the instructor who was, she just passed away. Mm-hmm. May God bless her. Paulie's sister. I knew that, okay, I'm going to get comedy store instruction and then the graduation classes at the comedy store. Wow. So this is back in 1994. And I knew that I was already drawn to the comedy store for some reason. I think maybe through Paulie Shore movies and then living there, seeing the lights, the flashing lights. 
I was like drawn to that. So I would do the workshop every every Wednesday or whatever to do two minutes at UCLA, and I get and I just wanted to see if I liked it, and I liked it. I was excited, and again, no meds, nothing. Excited about doing my stand up, but I'd get up there, tell my jokes. They wouldn't go great necessarily, and then people would laugh at me reacting to that. And then I would talk to Sandy after the class, all about old comedy and UFOs or all that stuff. And then every show, after every class, I'd drive by the comedy store and I'd look at it and go, okay, maybe one day I'll go in there. But I was so intimidated. And then like 12 weeks later, whatever, I did the graduation class at the comedy store, knocked it out of the park on a Sunday night, and I felt like, okay, I'm a comedian. That's what you do. I felt, people were giving me the business cards. Hey, you could do commercials or something. So it's feeling good. And then I did one open mic out in Chatsworth, like a, a few days later. That's what you do. And I went there, and it was just kind of it was miserable. It right. was a typical L.A. And open, open mic. mic. Yeah. <laughs> and I got it. I get it. I just didn't want to go through that, especially in my neighborhood, the Valley. I just felt like to have an MC, somebody running the show, you know, whatever kid, yeah, whatever. You know, it's funny there, ain't funny here. I didn't want to deal with that, and I knew. Because I was into education, just learn more, and they yeah. and, and I, I took a business a comedy class, so I took a business, and that's where the teacher put in my head. He said, "If you want to do comedy, get out of Los Angeles," because I was living out in the valley. I was working at the mall. Uh, my I was just not. I was just like too far out. I just had no crew, and mm -hmm. I was. Uh, I knew when he said, go go away, that's when I started looking into it. And it was like, either go to Phoenix, where I had friends, but no feel for performance, or Seattle. And I went to Seattle, and that's where I like... Did jumped. you have any friends in Seattle when you went? Uh, just family. My dad's brothers lived up there, so I had some family. So uncles, okay. Yeah, so, and that's where I jumped into it. And then I got on that medication. Um, I mean, I could see why comedians or performers do like they'll take a shot or maybe they'll smoke pot or you know what ha or some kind of drug take the edge off yeah so that's what i did and you know i'm not trying to like run away from pills or whatever mm -hmm. but it's like i don't want that some you, know, you don't want to feel this way you don't want to feel that way i i mean look it's i don't tough to sit in it to be what? To be to be that raw. To be like, ah, oh, this is like I'm not in a good mood right now. Correct. Yeah, it does. It's not supposed to feel good, Brody. It doesn't feel. It's yeah. so you're saying that's a positive almost. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it, you get to feel again. I am feeling. Yeah, it's only going to expand you as as a human. It's, it's growth. Yeah, I I understand. I understand, and it's making me kind of, you know, I'm thinking. It's making me like revalue, look back at some of my my relationships. Like I need to cultivate some of my friendships. Like these, like, um, yeah, it's forcing me to do that. Be real and be honest, and it doesn't feel good. And that's why um, I got either got to write for it or and just keep performing. Look, yeah. I got the podcast today. This is happening. That's not being taken away. I did the Ian thing last night. I'm doing a so I am doing it, but. And what do you think? Will it get better? Will I improve? Yes, because it's almost like a sport in that sense of you, you're competing against the bad feelings because you're Mr. Positive Energy, right? Right. So I have that extra so, level. So exactly. You can power through it. And every time you power through it, you're like, oh, I beat it. You know what I mean? You know, that's a very Western way of looking at things. <laughs> it's very Western and very privileged to think of it like that, to always think you have to be happy. You know, oh, that's a good point. And, too. and here's the thing. If, if someone dies in an American family, dies... Friday, funeral Sunday, and by Tuesday, they're like, you need to kind of be over it. 
But if you go somewhere eastern, you know, if someone dies in the Middle East, there's a there's a seven day period. Then there's a whole production for the funeral. Then you come back and revisit it 40 days later, and then you bring it back the next year, and then you bring and you never let that die. I and love that's that. why these people wail. And I don't know if we love it, but I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, like, because you, then you're never forgotten about it. Because I feel like, yeah, we do forget about people so so soon. You're just like, man. By the way, there've been so many mass shootings. You're just like, you don't even think about them anymore. Man. Right. Well, you forget about people. Yeah. And then also in this country, we don't put a lot of value on life. Or being a senior citizen. Like the wisdom, like in Asia, those sure. old people are revered. We, like Eastern we think, value. You know, we, here it's like, hide them, not. Hide them away. Put them in an old folks home. Uh, oh. in, in other cultures in the Middle East and going east from there, th- those people are in, in your home, in your face all the time. And they are bringing things up and talking. And you're very acclimated to being around family and everybody. Uh, in the United States, we're very individualistic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you think we've uh, hit a, you know, hit, uh, what's the word, mass? Uh, you know, is, is it going to keep going? Like, we know that the way we're going doesn't, doesn't seem like people are getting happier. They're getting, like, things are going down. So do you think yeah. people might change a little bit? Like, let's start valuing seniors let's start valuing being positive let's no. start you don't think so as long no. as capitalism exists i don't think you can right? so you think capitalism does it? it it creates competitiveness so you're like all right get out of here darwinism kind of thing just like yeah get out of your old get beat it you the know curse I mean? of the more i want more i need more i yeah. can do more i can have more i can so you're saying that i can see that capitalism is competitive and and then especially here in hollywood well, it creates or, individualism right because like you're like, all right, I got mines. This is mines. Nobody else's. I don't need to share this with the community. This is me. I did this myself. I earned this. So then you have that thing of like, oh, I did it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you want to keep it. And you don't want to share it because you're like, this is for me and my family. This is what I'm supposed to do. These are the structured values in America, right? Right. You get your own. You keep your own. You do your own thing. And that's not No, you, you, it's it not takes fulfilling. a village, right? Right. So you, that's, that's the mentality I think we should have. I mean, you look at the roast battle. That's a, that's a show. That's, that, it took a village. It's a village. It took a village. a village to build that. And I always talk about that because in comedy, I don't see crews. There aren't crews in comedy. There used to be a time where there were kind of crews. And now as, as it goes along, I know for a fact that people are waiting for me to die so they can just take my place. And that's how, they, that's how people look. You're in a, you're in a, you're in a line. You're in a, you're in a grocery line. And everyone's just moving, waiting for their time to check out. And if the guy ahead of you dies, then you get to get, get there quicker. Or if you get to cut in line, then you get to get there quicker. But no one thinks, oh, well, if we all you know, live together, we just buy our groceries together. And we'd get a better deal. No one likes doing that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I always uh, cra- praise you for that, actually. There's a couple people like yourself that I see that are in that click. The clicks. I appreciate it. Gerard has a click. Yourself has a, has have a click, but you look at these shows. You look at your show. You look at some other shows at the Comedy Store. That these are like group efforts, right? The Kill Tonys, the the Don Barrises of the world, right? Ding Dong Show. Mm-hmm. He's got everybody. So you're seeing an example of of different yeah. productions utilize, and they're utilizing a lot of different people, and they've they they have a, a run. They're successful. Sure, it's not like. But let's be, if we're going to be very honest on, okay, this, on being, the show, this is honest, and we're talking about something like Kill Tony, right? Mm-hmm. It's led by a person. So when you're looking at Kill Tony, it's, it's, it's Tony, and then other people can possibly be interchangeable. What, what I'm seeing very different uh, with 
with even the roast battle is no one's interchangeable. You cannot do it without every component that's in there. And that even means the ones that we might take for granted or think are are minuscule. Even when it comes to the battle, battle, you can't replace that guy. You can't. And and I really appreciate that. No knock to, of course, what Tony does. Tony has a great system working for him. Mm -hmm. But you still have the head of the dragon there. You don't have one with Roast Battle, and that's what a crew's kind of about. It's a, it's, it's a major team. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a major team effort, and there's so many moving parts. Aligny's part of it, you know what I mean? It's just like this. That thing doesn't. The wave, Coach yeah. T. I mean, when I'm watching it's that It's constant place. growth in that show, I feel like. It's it's a constant growth thing, and it's, it's from, it, there's so many moving parts. You know, yourself is included in that, you know? I always have an open invite to yeah. swing by. How, uh, how much time, Brian, do you put in each week to the roast battles? Is there a lot of, uh, is, just, is there running now smooth, or is it? Sure, I think at this point, yeah, because people are, are constantly just wanting to do it. So now it's just it's figuring out, you know, just getting dates, and then uh, you know, seeing who wants to judge. You know, Tehran, if you want to come by, Tehran. Now, how? Now you have your show on Mondays. I have a show every Monday and Thursday at the Laugh Factory, at 10 p.m. What's the now? What's the it's the Monday show? What's it? Called? Monday's Comedy Bazaar, and the concept is because I'm black and Persian, I try to bring this diverse group of. Uh, I bring a good diverse group of comedians to a Middle Eastern crowd, and then Thursday is the Tehran show where basically I bring comedians that I like mm -hmm. to now we're going to a diverse crowd. It's not specifically a Persian, Middle Eastern, and black crowd like Monday. So let, let me get back. You're talking about how you, I like that you brought up earlier, people just assume that you think a certain way. Sure. That, but you, you do are open-minded to that. Do you feel that your message is getting out? More people are, are listening to that and going, you know what, let's... I think that that's what comedy allows as a format, right? So so if we look at today's world, let's not... Uh, if, if Plato was still alive, if Aristotle was, was still alive, they wouldn't be philosophers, they'd be comedians. Who, who has made us think the most about race, family, uh, politics? John Stewart is just a comedian. Mm -hmm. this, this isn't a guy who went to Harvard to become this political aficionado. No, this is a guy who was a comedian and fell into the realm of politics with a show that no one thought would work. And then 20 years later, arguably, I would say that he reelected a president on his own campaign. I mean, yeah. you're talking about we're moving mountains, whether it's on one side or on the right side or the left. It's the concept of the comedian, Dave Chappelle's white voice. Dave, Dave, don't do that, Dave. That's the guy that we all talk about on stage. Mm -hmm. It's the concepts that we bring up. Uh, yourself, when you're on stage talking about mental health and positive energy. I, I remember you did the, the first time I had you at a show and you talked about positive energy. From that day, I was like, I only want positive energy around me. You well, changed my life. Well, there you go. Well, because you know what? Because positive energy, it does work. Scientifically, you look at it, it does work. And I'm also only bringing what I brought to baseball teams, playing baseball at Arizona State. We have the most guys in the major leagues. You play baseball, your goal That's is true. to make it to the major leagues. Sure. So I went to a school. We've got the most guys right up there in the major leagues. So and what I, what I learned there was positive energy, being a good teammate, being supportive, not having negative imagery, not saying stuff like, don't strike out, you suck, saying like, get on base, I got your back, and nice. you know, and coming up with nicknames for players and playing off their numbers, like you're with the pitchers, we had to watch and like really, you know, and, and be engaged. And that's where I picked up, enjoy it, 
because I was homesick my freshman year and I would go to McDonald's there in Tempe, Arizona. And the lady working at McDonald's was just so excited. To, she had a great attitude. And I'd order the Big Mac and she would go, enjoy. It's like, she's so happy. And I like, it like, <laughs> it like yeah. stuck with me. And then I went to Wendy's around the corner. I pull up to the drive-thru, enjoy. She worked at Wendy's also. Whoa, okay. So this, you would think that there's like a contract where you're not allowed to do that. There's some type there's of no competition rivals, no. clause. Uh, yeah, she... she hey, making a living is making a living. So she worked at both... Career at woman. Both of those locations. And it stuck with me. Yeah. Like her uh, happiness about working at a fast food establishment. And I just... Contagious. Contagious. And then I took it to the baseball team. Enjoy. Enjoy us. Enjoy that. So, I mean, it's something that... You see, everyone does say enjoy. It's not yeah. like that uncommon. But for me, it was a big like, it was an eye opener. So that that stuck. And then also just when I started focusing on being positive, it helped my conditioning, my my pitching, my my studying. It was just wow. That became a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Instead of being like, oh, you know, f this, this, and right. That. So you I, were anti angst. Anti angst. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like pro in, in an angsty area. Or and era, I, sorry, in an angsty era, you were like, Mr. Nah, uh, we're better than that. Yeah. I mean, I felt it. I was always, and I've spoken about this before, I was like, I was always a nice kid. I Growing up in the Valley, I was a nice kid, and I don't think people like understood it necessarily. Like, sometimes I got take, took advantage of for being nice. You can get picked on for being always smiling. People would like, bro, you're always smiling. Like, I guess I'm just happy. So you could get, people don't understand that sometimes. Right. So I have some issues growing up with that for being like, bullied maybe a little bit for like being too nice you're not okay. supposed to be nice so i had some of that but i learned at the arizona state that's that's what i applied and then i put it away for a few years be, went to seattle i was just learning stand up and that's where i started to learn about all different you know people all different lifestyles guys who didn't play sports guys who smoked pot guys who did this guys who were like been arrested i don't know craziness right you learned all that then i went to new york and i I, I learned about the big city, the energy of the city. I wanted to live there. Then when I came back and I worked at Best Damn Sports Show doing the audience warm-up, that's where I brought back in the Arizona State positive energy because... Rah-rah. Rah-rah. I had a show every day, and you could... It helped the production. It helped with laughs. It helped with guys not flubbing their lines, lights. You just saw little things like a light breaking because the energy's dead. Like what can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> but if you got that energy, boom, boom, boom. And then it just takes for a couple comedians or a couple people on the show to go, you appreciate it. It's like they get it. It's like it kept me going. And I did, we did a thousand shows there. Yeah, it's a lot of energy. A lot of energy. And I, I uh, and here's the other thing. I learned it from, you know, through baseball. My friend was a coach with the Yankees. So when I went to New York, I saw the Yankees winning in New York City. I saw... And they were positive. They were positive. Like, you could go out and be a Yankee player, and they partied. This is before cell phones. They partied. They were up to 5 in the morning. They'd show up at the stadium drunk, I'm sure, some of these games. Allegedly. Allegedly. You but go. you know what? They, <laughs> the they won. They hustled. They showed up on time. Like Joe Torrey's rules were show up on time, hustle, and act like a professional and win. It's like the Yankees were expected to win. Like I, w I was around them. Like every they, So it was like, yes, it was kind of a corporate. Steinbrenner was around. 
But within that corporation, you could have your personality. You could do what you want. Just like when you're on the field, you got to have that New York Yankee emblem, show up on time, and they won. And I, was, and I saw that. So then when I came, came back to L.A., I just applied a lot of those philosophies into Best Damn Sports Show. And if you see these guys on Best Damn Sports Show, they're all over on the uh, – they're still going on yeah. MLB, NFL. So I saw that. And then later on, just to continue that with the Cubs, like hanging around the baseball teams and seeing the Cubs win the World Series. And I was around that. My friend went on to work with the Cubs. So I was just bringing that positive energy to the Cubs. And I met these guys at all. You know, you start when you start doing enough different shows, they'll they start connecting the dots. So I saw results of that. So that's what I try to share with people. It's like, if you visualize, you manifest it, things can happen. And mm -hmm. I also feel like... The same thing with the comedy store. Just being at the comedy store, like those, you know, the comedy store was... Negative. Negative. Negative, negative, negative. It still has its moments. It still has its moments, but those late nights, I was there pushing it, and guys like, you know, you were there, yeah. I was there, all these guys were there, like keeping it afloat late at night, keeping it going. I feel, I feel like, you know, I, I do have something, I did have something to do with the comedy store. I, I like to feel that. So... What does that mean? I don't know. I know it means that there's something there with it. And then when I have guys like Tony or yourself and say, Brody, yeah, you, you, you know, positive push. You're like, okay. You changed the culture there. You really did. You brought a different culture there. They weren't, they weren't really bringing comics like you around. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of the, uh, the diehards, you know what I mean? Like guys who are like comedy fans, you know what I mean? Like they like guys like you. You're a champion of, of a lot of uh, the misfits. You know what I mean, in a sense. So. Yeah, I mean, and, I'll, and I'm from here too. I grew up in I grew up in L. A. and mm -hmm. I, I stuck up for the valley. That's what I. That's what I. Eight one eight. Eight one eight. Like when I first started, when I moved back to L. A. and I I did warm up and I mentioned I was from the valley, like people would laugh. And I told my friends, like, yeah, keep talking about the valley. It's funny because <laughs> nobody would. And growing up here, you would see TV shows. They would put the valley down or, you know, Karate Kid or Boogie Nights. Oh, you're from Reseda. So that did, like, play. That bothered me. Sure. That didn't give me confidence necessarily growing up in Reseda. But then when I – or going to Reseda High School, grew up right. in Tarzana. But so I just pushed that, and it's like energy. And then I spoke to, speaking of, like, coaching, John Calipari, great NCAA basketball Amazing. coach, Kentucky. He said it's all about energy. You know, energy. That's what he preaches. So, and I and I've been lucky enough to be able to like, yeah, hang out with some cool baseball teams, be in some worlds based off energy. Now, have I been able to capitalize on it? Have I been able to you know, take it to that next level? I don't. I, I haven't yet, or I I I don't know, or maybe I have and I don't realize it. But that's kind of where I'm at. So, and maybe I'm down a little bit. Maybe I mean maybe the maybe the Lexapro enhanced it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it, I guess it gave you confidence because that's, that's kind of what positive energy does. It, it it provides confidence, I guess, and confidence drives you. You know, if you're not confident, Lexapro is well. a drug. Let's also <laughs> say it's it's a drug that works. Let's not let's not take away from Lexapro. It's not like yeah. uh, all it was <laughs> some confidence. No, it, it, Lexapro yeah, it changes you your brain. Yeah. It does. It changes it, your it chemistry. Does. It does change the chemistry and and. It's very effective, sometimes overly effective. And in your case, <laughs> overly, it's like something that. where you conditioned yourself to util utilize it, use it. Now you're changing it on your own. Well, I'm trying to give my I'm trying to give my old self a chance. Sure. I'm going back to my old self with some maturity, mm -hmm. some jokes, some experiences. 
So let's see if we can go back there and help this guy out. Maybe, maybe not. It's worth a shot. I will say that when I did audience warm-up, I had to be in a great mood. You couldn't walk in. You can't walk into a television set studio at like two in the afternoon and be all negative. Oh, this and that. I had to go happy. <laughs> and part of that was me not being stressed, meaning yeah. like auditioning. Like I had to leave my house or my apartment or yeah. wherever at a certain time, so I'm not. You couldn't be late. So it's not like oh, I'm in downtown auditioning. I'm over here. I cut all that stuff out. So I went in there and was like, eat a good meal during the day, have fun, maybe smoke some pot, exercise, and then go there. And bring in that positive energy mood, and then you're done. Yeah. Then it's like maybe go eat, go shop, and it's like then you go do your stand up at night. So I was doing that. Yeah, it's a, it's a great routine. Yeah. So Keeps now you jazzed up. Right now that I don't have that routine, you know, Been it's a little, little lost. Hey, Brody. Yeah, we have Eric. Go ahead, Eric. Speaking of routine, uh, it's three thirty now. Okay. Yeah. So maybe get some have a little game or. All right. Good idea, Eric. That's a great idea. Before we get to the game, can I bring up a tweet that Brody brought to my attention? Yeah. Uh, specifically, it was a tweet. If you're not on his Twitter, you should be. Uh, it's a tweet regarding uh, a Canadian team leading a song. Leading oh, the last night. Uh, the baby, it's cold outside. They all sang along. <laughs> yeah, a Canadian lacrosse team. Uh, the lacrosse team. And, and and it was just a very interesting story. And I wanted to get both of your takes on it. Okay. Well, a lacrosse team, that makes sense. Around the song. <laughs> That's, that, you're you're a horrible person. Honest, you're just not a good person. It wasn't the Baylor <laughs> fraternity oh, lacrosse Duke. team. It's Duke. Okay. <laughs> but. I, well, I like to put those stories out because. Yes. I mean that the song when it's cold outside, everyone's like complaining yeah. about, or a lot of people. It's about it, it, what what they're saying is while we when we when we apply it to now, we realize that it is an application of rape culture. I I could I I mean if you do look at that, I guess you could say that. Sure, but you could probably say that about a lot of things. Well, yeah, if you have to look back 50 years to find an offensive song, then you haven't been listening to music for the last 50 years. <laughs> right. Let's be very honest about that. But when it comes to that particular song, it's it's become, as Eric likes to talk about hot button topics, that's a hot button topic, if not one. And yeah. Baby, It's Cold Outside, is it's a classic song. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most beautifully sung songs right. since it was a duet. Uh, and people hadn't seen that. And, of course, it's a classic because of the artists that performed it. But as we look at it today... People are looking at it as a, as it's an extremely offensive song because of the nature of the song in which the the female lead is saying no 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 as the male lead is uh, trying to manipulate the circumstance to get her to stay. Right. And then there's references to something being in her drink and things like that. Spanish fly. Well, it's actually taken out of context. So if you look about it at the time. The running joke at the time was, oh, what's in this? Even though there's nothing in it. It's to allow you to act a certain way because you're you're referencing like it's, it's alcoholic mm -hmm. in nature, but there's no alcohol in it. This is just you doing what you want to do, but right. you know society doesn't let you. But I would love if people just like let people... I mean, just just be intelligent. I mean, like I don't feel like that's that hard, right? To to get that joke, she's like, "Oh, put something in your drink." She's like, "Oh, what is this?" I mean, come on, man. We're right. not dummies. We're not all dummies, you know. I, I I understand parents. You know, I was a kid once, so I understand. You know, parents want to keep you from those things so you become adult enough. But 
I mean, come on, but man. Go, I, I, when I look back at, at Baby It's Cold Outside as a child, there's no there's no reference to that. Even like uh, I, I caught uh, Mommy kissing Santa Claus. Like I, I still wasn't thinking of it as like it's sexual. I was like, oh, that's that's kind of funny. You know what I mean? Or that's kinda, right. Yeah, it's like oh, mo- mommy knows Santa like that. That's what's up. My yeah. mom cheated on my dad with Santa Claus. See, I don't so even bro. think about it like that. You know, so it brings back horror. <laughs> <laughs> oh I cry every time. My but they're doing the same thing. With I, Rudolph, I get the juxtaposition. You know, with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, they're saying he was bullied and his father was uh, yeah. too hard on him. And, right. And he was excluded from the reindeer game. He yeah. was a cokehead. He had a red nose. He was yeah. always... Pinocchio <laughs> was a real boy. His, his, Geppetto just made him feel like that, so he just kept him on a string <laughs> in his closet. You know? So it's like, yeah, it's like we're at critical mass. So what do you do? What do you do? You, you, you make fun of it, like those guys did in Canada. Yes. And you... Hopefully there'll be like a little more backlash on this. Like this is a, I mean, it's a little much. Yeah, you don't want to die on the baby. It's cold outside hill. I mean, but it's it is funny to poke and, and, and satirize it. Yeah, well, that's a great move. Here's the thing, though, possibly because both of you are comedians, right? Mm-hmm. So I would I would see that the pushing the envelope with comedians, what we find offensive and what the average person thinks is offensive. There's a right. huge bar, and we forget yeah. that all the time. A hundred percent. And if you way. hang out, if you date someone who's not in the industry, you learn that very quick. Because when you're making that joke and she's so offended, mm-hmm. you're and you're actually upset at right. her or him, and going, "Why are you?" F-? And it's but standards are shrinking. The they're shrinking at a rapid rate. Sure. Is what I'm saying, though. They right? are. You know, because I mean, you, you can still. I mean, listen. Even ten years ago, when I wasn't doing stand up. I was still. They weren't as offended as they are now. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. Our our standards and why are they more? And your moms too. Yeah, yeah. You talk to your parents like they they can tell you. Like, hey, we don't run into that. Well, yeah. If a show like Married with Children would never be on air today, let's let's look at what Al Bundy did and the things he said, and now pick it apart. And this is what fifteen years later. Yeah, and they let him work on Modern Family. Sure, he shouldn't be on there for what he did on. on Right, but he's he's acting. What's that part? South Park. Well, South Park's unap- unapologetic about it, right? So the concept with South Park is if you don't it's like it, it's animated, dude. They get away with you can get away with murder with animation. Yeah. You literally can't. Like that's that's a world that doesn't exist. So people actually they they associate it with that. But we're but we're looking at yeah, you can be as offensive as you want to be with animation. You can. Yeah, right, the industry right. says as I'm saying. We need a, Brady, we got uh, 20 minutes left. Okay, we got to wrap it up pretty soon. By the way. Really good podcast. Feel like some breakthroughs here. I learned a lot. Tehran, my goodness, man, you're a genius. Yeah. Thank you you so. are. I appreciate yeah. both of you. Hashtag Genius Christ. Find me on Twitter <laughs> at I am Tehran. I mean, I I appreciate coming from two intellectuals who I consider my peers and and in some ways mentors. I appreciate oh. that. Oh yeah. I mean, have you guys not been on a podcast before? No, but we just play ball. You know, I see him around. I, I respect him, so it's almost like you know, I'm a fan of his that kind of thing. And you know what? It's like you guys are good guys. And like I know we talked about. That's why we're probably. I really have always liked Brian Moses. Just, from, but I don't. Say and I like, don't like most people. Really, and I think it's you know it's very. Uh, I think I feel people you like everybody. Tell. No, no. Wow, I, I didn't know that. I'm cool. Yeah, you I, are cool. I, I like just to actually like someone. It takes a lot for me. All right. Yeah, and you got and it's like races. Even though your your handle is race what, on race banning. Race banning. So I'm banning races. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. it, it doesn't come up. It's not applicable with you. You don't. Oh, there's like there's Barry Brian. says, there's only one race. The, the human, human race. race. Yeah, and if you could see people getting along, and <laughs> if only that was a real thing, that would be great. <laughs> if only that was that was actually a thing. Oh my gosh, that's so. But how could we so cool. get more people to think 
like you guys. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Okay, well, there, there's a there's a way to do that. So what you do is you get Thanos I'm glad you asked. to come to the <laughs> earth and eradicate everyone above the age of five. Now, here's my thing. Not even, maybe three. Let's, let's, there's all that, where does inherent bias begin, right? And then just let people grow. I, I don't, I mean, but, there's. But you know what the other thing is? It doesn't matter. Listen, the machines are going to take over you guys. I know, we're headed that years. way. We yeah, are headed that yeah. way, but so you know, get there, it there is can. hope. Get the there is that, that's actually the funniest thing is when people are like, the machines are going to take over. No, they're not. The oligarchy has already taken over, and that's what people need to understand, is that sure. we don't live in a democracy. We live in an oligarchy. We live in a system where 1% of the population owns the other 99%. All the good stuff is already taken. There's something like 1,937 billionaires on this planet, and I don't think people even understand the concept of a billionaire mm -hmm. uh, versus like a millionaire. Uh, people always think, oh, well, I have a million dollars. You have a million dollars. You must be rich. No, no. A million dollars is nothing. A million uh, in seconds. Like if a million were seconds, do you know how long how, how long a million seconds is? Pretty Isn't quick. It? If you had to guess, a million seconds. A week. How long? No. A, a week? No, 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 no. Uh, how many in a day? A I'd say like five days. Five days? Moses, any guess? A million uh, seconds? A million seconds. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. 30 years. No, no, say, no, no. I would 30, say it's a short what, 48, 48 hours. I don't Actually, know. it's twelve days. Give twelve days. Right? Okay. It's about oh. twelve, a little over twelve days. Okay. Do you know how long a billion seconds is in comparison? That's thirty-two years. Wow. That's the difference between a million and a billion. So when someone has a hundred billion years. dollars, like I you're not years over you. Yeah. So when you're talking about those billionaires and they have more money than everyone, like not just me, you, and, mm -hmm. and and Brody and all of us, but we're throwing in LeBron with us. Right. And right. That's a control force where now that's who you should be way more afraid of. Is it in their best interest to have you on that Lexapro? Is it? And are they ever going yeah. to allow for a good education? Why would you ever do that? Right. Like these are the things we should think of. We should be thinking of that. Yeah, yeah. Eric knows, but you know, shout out to France right now. But there you go. It's crazy over yeah, there. Machines are going to take yeah, over. We gotta get to the... Um, the machine has taken over, and we know their names. <laughs> so I you love this. Well, it's you know, the dad in you, bro. Jeez, Eric. Maybe we'll do evolution. Maybe we'll do the baseball card game. Yeah, I love this idea. baseball card game, Moses. You're gonna you're gonna have to do this one. All right. This we'll is uh, <laughs> Eric. You can get up here and uh, hang out for this right now. Here he is, Eric Aligny, who's been uh, helping out today. Give Eric Aligny a nice hand. And Eric was also at the Thanksgiving Laugh Factory. What we do every year at the Laugh Factory is we uh, we give a food to those who need it. I hate saying to the homeless because a lot it of people really are not it's, homeless. Yeah, it's a lot of this community. year. We had a lot of people mm -hmm. from Malibu. We had oh, a lot wow. of people who were just. And if they were homeless, there were a lot of good-looking homeless people because yeah. we were like, whoa. But <laughs> Eric helps out every single year. So yeah, eight years kudos now. Kudos to that, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I think it's, uh, you know, I'd be home alone on Thanksgiving or Christmas. No, man, we appreciate you because yeah. he's one you of the few people You always bring me up do. and show me love, so I love yeah. that. Um, and you guys were a great podcast today. Uh, you hear that, Brody? Yeah, no, it was a great podcast. Should have had us on soon, Brody. You guys have good chemistry, so that works. And uh yeah, I enjoyed it. Some good funny moments. Were you, you put this together? This is this is the guy right here. Thanks for making it happen. Did yeah. you go looking? Was, was anyone? Were they saying anything in Twitter? Uh, I my phone was dying at the end of the Periscope, so I didn't go. get to see it. But I saw the beginning. Shit. A lot of proud boys. No, the uh, the beginning of the Periscope. <laughs> a lot of good comments. They really liked your. Uh, there was a conversation you got into that they were really everyone was just chiming in and getting into it. So no, you know what this podcast brought? Good conversation. Yeah, unique conversation, and they got mad at me for uh, saying not to be political, and I was just like, okay, well, that's I can take a hit for that. 
<laughs> well, I think you were you were a little out of line on that. I, I might have been. I you like, have to it. Trust but the thing us. is, here's the deal: when I when you guys were talking about it, I agreed with everything you were saying. I wasn't saying that. It was the fact that when I'm listening to it, I'm thinking about the person at home listening to it, and I'm going, "Do I really? Would I be a person at home wanting to listen to anything pol- anything close to politics?" When I'm trying political to political fatigue, I get the yeah, and that's what I'm trying to avoid. And that and like talking about stand up, I feel like. On podcasts, we talk about stand-up on every podcast, so we shouldn't talk about stand-up as much because everyone's heard us talk about it. Mm-hmm. They All these people are podcast nerds. They know everything about us. Well, they know more about us than we know about us. Right. And so, sure. they don't, so they don't need to hear about it. They, they want to hear more about you guys and your personal life and like the nitty-gritty stuff. I don't own a gun. There you go. That's something new. You don't? I don't. I don't own a gun. But we are two people of color in hoodies. Like, we've never <laughs> learned our lesson. Like, both of us decided to wear hoodies today. Yeah. And they're black hoodies. Yeah, yeah. we're daredevils. Because I figured out if you wear a red hoodie, it does, it's not as threatening. Uh, it depends that's on crazy. what neighborhood you're yeah, in. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. Red hoodie. Don't want to go to Inglehood in that red hoodie. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, or Long Beach. Yeah. Right. It's Long like driving a red car. You don't, you know, cops are going to look for you. Yeah. All right, so the, here's the thing. The baseball card game, it's uh, I would just kind of pick out a card just to be silly. And then it, it kind of it took on a life of its own. I would play with Aaron, who is, who's not here today. He's one of the sound guys. I'd call in. Eric would play. And then, then we said, oh, let's keep doing it with the live show. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. I feel like today the conversation was great. Like listening to you, I like. I was enjoying it. Listening. This was a. This was a good podcast. This is what what we did today was a podcast. It was a festival of friendship. Yeah, friendship or just uh, information. It, it was pleasant. No yelling. No craziness or silly at times. Not, but not that much. But I. I it was. A, it was necessary. Okay. Well, all right. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. No, thank you. Thank you, man. And hopefully, we didn't. I don't think we got too heavy on any. Any, no. any, and I don't. I didn't want to make it all about me either. Sure which I don't think it was only like half about you, so I was okay. Well, medication—that's a real thing. <laughs> it is a very real thing. But you did a good job of you. You reeled yourself in today, and I like that. Like today, when you were you, you saw yourself doing. It, you're like, it's not about me. We're talking about meds. We're not talking about me. Oh yeah, I saw but you. But we're talking that. about me. Using you framed it. Right. Yeah, but you, here's you, the deal: you saw yourself doing it, and that's the important part. Very stand-up, like. Very stand-up. Here's the premise. Here's where I come in. But when you have two guests, this is new for me. Mm-hmm. I've only been having the the two guests, you know, several sh- like five or six shows. It was mm-hmm. normally just me, me and a guest, or me and nobody. In the wall. So this is a little bit of like <laughs> juggling, and I think we're doing good. We are doing good. You guys are great. Oh, thank you. Do you not have a podcast? Your own podcast? I do. I have a show called Imperfect Gentleman, where myself and a co-host. My friend George, we have two female guests on each week, and we decide on a topic, and they give us the female perspective on how we can be better men. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Tehran right there. Oh, you're really helping people. Perfect gentlemen. Well, kind of. I try to convince the girls to let us keep being pieces of shit, but the concept is we're supposed to be learning how to be better men. I like that. Brian. The Rose Battle Podcast. Find it everywhere, please. Listen. How often do you Rose do Battle that? Podcast. Once a week? Uh, yeah, we'll have uh, we'll drop one every Thursday. But you go by Verbal Violence, don't Mm-mm. you? I don't know, not anymore. Yeah, it's ro- it's Roast Battle. It's Roast Battle. Yeah, check it out. Own it. Yeah, it's on uh, Comedy Central. So, so please check it out. Brian, I have a card here. Mm-hmm. It's a 1988 score. 
So he played in 88. These are not not a nobody. Okay. Would you like to guess? Is it 21 questions? Like, do I have to keep going? Do I ask you more questions about him? Well, we kind of play it. I, I'm hold, let me, let me, I'm going to hold yeah, the right, card. So from 88. I'm holding the card. 88. All right. So you're holding the card. Was, uh, was the MVP that year? He's, he's memorable. Memorable from 88. Okay. Not necessarily that year. He's memorable. He's, he's a big guy in the 80s. 80s, but he's probably more memorable for what he did in the 90s. Is actually. he a Hall of Famer? Not a Hall of Famer, but he did receive votes. Wow. 88, dude, for the night. Is that Barry Bonds? It's not Barry Bonds. That's a good guess. Was he involved in any cocaine scandals? No, he wasn't. That takes so it's not yeah, yeah, Daryl Strawberry. Let's throw out that whole Rolodex of people. Okay. Is it Griffey Jr.? Now, I'll say this. You've mentioned two African-American guys. Mm-hmm. He is African American. Okay, thank you. All right. That, that actually does that narrow, especially it? in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Did he play? Did he play outfield? He was known for, not necessarily known for that. Okay, so he's more of a hitter. Okay. Uh, God, Frank Thomas. Not Frank Thomas. That's was, a good. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. Okay, so then that's a good guess. Is it Fielder or is it Albert Bell? All. Now, you say Albert Bell. Mm-hmm. It is Albert Bell. Same team. Can you let Brian Moses guess, Eric? Just chill, so same relax, team. So then it is, it is stop fielder. shifting the energy. Right. My apologies. You said Albert Bell. I did say Albert Bell. What team was he known for? Playing, mostly. Albert Bell? Yeah. Was that the Sox? It wasn't the Sox, was it? It wasn't the Sox. I, I don't remember now. Can I help? Yeah. Cleveland Indians. Oh, really? Okay. So that was close. So this guy plays Brewers for the Indians. The card that I'm holding. He happens to play. He was on the Cleveland Indians. In the in 88. God. Ooh, yeah, that's tough. It's not tough. In 88. Yeah. I mean, you know, they were big because that was, uh, what was that? It was, um, was that movie? Major League. That was in the 90s, though, wasn't it? No, it was in 88. It was in 88? Yeah, so they were popular. But, but here's the deal. So it's Wesley Snipes. <laughs> It's not Wesley Snipes. Oh, Bo close. Jackson. No, he's a he's a. I, know, I was kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm getting serious. I'm like, what happened? This guy, yes, he played on the Indians. Okay. The card I'm holding does show him in a Cleveland Indian uniform. But that's not what he's known for. He played he for another team in not, the 90s. Look at Tehran. He's, he's really mm-hmm. figuring out the baseball card game. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're looking for an African-American baseball player who was on the Indians in the 80s, but he really made his mark mm. in the sphere of Major League Baseball in the 90s. In the 90s. So we're talking Indians in the 80s. Mm. So if we figure out who he played for and who he was in the 90s, we can work our way back. Was it a National League team or an American the League 90s. team in the 90s? Who's getting in the 90s? Was in the 90s. Something, and I'm going to say historic. Yeah, I know. Because, yeah, the Indians were big in the Oh, God. Okay. It's so tip of my tongue, dude. I don't, ah, it's killing me. I have no idea. I'm helping Moses at this point. There is a now we can do for for time's sake. Is it David Justice? No, because he was always a brave, right? Yeah, he was on the well, Indians. He was a brave also. to start. I thought he was on the Indians, right? Yeah, but that was you the 90s. know, and you know this guy. There, I mean, I would personally, say, I would say the mo- There is a moment with mm-hmm. him mm. that you would know. 
and you would go, yes, that's an iconic moment. Fuck, I gotta know this. Now this is, and, and, and now here's the, here's the thing. I'm holding the card right now. He's a nice guy. He's a happy guy. He's known for, a, I would say, a laugh and a smile. Hmm. It's Bernie a, Mac from <laughs> Kirby Puckett. This is why it's now Eric. No, Puckett, Mister. He was come on. Now here's the deal, Eric. This is an example of can the baseball game live on in this podcast? Yes. I don't know. You understand? Because the podcast today, for us to be doing a baseball card game after the podcast, I felt it was a great podcast. It was a great podcast. It was great. Now what we're doing is like, okay, uh, I don't know this and that, and we're you're trying to push something, Eric that may not be feasible. And I've mentioned to you that before. Now, you, ha you have made mistakes. Earlier on today, you stopped the podcast in it, cold in its track saying, uh, maybe we shouldn't go in that direction. Yeah, yeah, so right. you've been known to make some mistakes. I mean, I've been known to make more than one or two mistakes. But uh, no, I think the baseball card game is fun and that it's gonna, it should stay. And that like, even when it doesn't work, it so works. So Fred McGriff. Really? No, it's not Fred McGriff. I don't know. But he's obviously. You're both are having fun, obviously playing this. But are, I don't know if they are. I have already. This you is can great, tell. This already, is funny. I don't. Well, I don't know if they're having. I've fun. I've exhausted my baseball knowledge. Right, knowledge right, right. at this point. But what if now? there was like a football card or? No, he's a basketball guy. I mean, See, Eric, then. you can't. You have to. I'm, I'm, there's something about energy in or or organic moments. This baseball game card, baseball card game started out of. Energy and organic moments. Mary Stevens said to say hi to you guys. Well, Robert, wearing her hat. That was a question from Twitter. That's what's up. Is it a person a who's hi, still Mary in Stevens. baseball today? He's not in baseball today. He was not a pitcher. He was a hitter. How about this? Is he still getting paid from baseball today? Meaning, is he still in baseball and he's an executive right now? No. Oh. Not that I know of. Okay. So it's not Bobby Bonilla. It's not Bobby Bonilla, and I know That's that contract. I would say a similar player. Can we get a first initial? Yes. Oh. J. J. Oh, Come on. Uh, wait. Hold on. They're only a finite amount. He's of on to something. Yeah, because he's not. He's not a, like he's not an import, right? He's, he's from. Not, he is. He's American. It's a black guy. And it's a black hitter from the eighties. How do I? It's not a like, Dominican black guy. Uh, black guy. Eighties, but also no. think nineties. Where he made his mark. It was a historic moment. Who won in the 90s? Keep going. Yeah, go there you the go. List of who won. That's Joe Carter? Ladies and gentlemen, that's how you play the baseball That's how you play. Oh. That's what's up, bro. I knew it. Yeah. You see I that? Know I, you don't, you know, you, by the way, you know how I remember that? You said iconic moment. I was just like, and I thought Toronto John Blue Stewart Blue from Big Daddy talking about Joe Carter and the Hooters waitress he met in that movie Big Daddy. And I saw Big Daddy. Boom. Connections. In New York City. I remember seeing it. Yes. Joe Carter. You know, you know what? Also... Taran said, let's start thinking like mm -hmm. what he did. Where was this going on in the 90s? Toronto Blue Jays is where it I forgot happened. he was an Indian. I did too. I didn't Played on the Indians. He was also on the Cubs. This is Joe Carter. Now, we got through it. That, that was yeah. a good feeling to have. Moses, he really You enjoyed. know why you don't remember Joe Carter, though? Because it was in Toronto. Had it been in D.C. Oh, or they were in a, there was in D.C. Too I remember because I was a Braves fan. At that fan. time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It I mean, hurt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could. I mean, we were all Braves But had it been like in Chicago you or know somewhere what I mean? yeah. where yeah. a baseball town. Especially that been. guy. You would have been like, yeah, great no, but, black baseball player. Yeah. But, you know, he hit the home run to win the World Series mm -hmm. against the Phillies. Right. 1993, I believe it was. Or 1992. Mm -hmm. So, 93, 
when the when the when the Blue Jays beat the Braves, Joe Carter was playing first base. He touched the final out. Joe Carter in both final victories for the Blue Jays, he touched the the final play. He caught the at first base the put out by the pitcher. I believe the pitcher they might uh, and he caught it and then he hit the home run against the Phillies. Why are you not a baseball announcer somewhere? I should be right. One hundred percent with your voice, with your with the with the, the sound the effects, knowledge. the whole nine. You should be. If if the Dodgers had you, they would have won. Well, I'll tell you what I want to do, <laughs> and I'm putting this out in the universe. Universe, I think hopefully maybe this spring training coming up in Arizona and, and Florida. But we'll say mostly Arizona in this ne- in February. All things comedy. I could be their baseball correspondent. I think That's you could perfect. be for them. I think That's you need perfect. to pitch them. I should be all things comedy, baseball correspondent. Send me to spring training. Send me out during the season. I do a podcast. I do a video. I like baseball. I know baseball. You are baseball. I are baseball. <laughs> I are baseball. And I would do that. I've got my connection with the Tampa Bay Rays, too. I just need – there, there you, go. you go, Eric What's knows. your Tampa, Tampa yeah. uh, Bay I'm, My mom's friend married Rick Nave, who's the CEO of the Rays. Shout out Rick You didn't Nave. have to say it. Yeah, nobody should knows should have been your name. mom that married. Your mom no, let she, you down on this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, her, her boyfriend's also really well off. So. Oh, is he the CEO <laughs> of the Rays? Like he, uh, he's a he's a pilot. He makes tons. Uh, no no no. See, uh, unless <laughs> they're getting, both as sexy. I'll be honest. With I, you. Yeah, the pilot's would, pretty sexy. I would think the pilot's sexy. You getting free? Actually. You getting free tickets? You flying free? Oh yeah, I can get, I get some free stuff out of okay. it. Okay, well, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it works out. Most of Viridian, bro. He's he's doing great. I'll tell you what. The, the pilot. It's the Rays. It's not like the Yankees. It's the Rays. <laughs> nope. Yeah, well, the Yankees farm club, right? Right. That's the, I'll tell the you what. Really proud of this podcast. Great conversation. You two were were, were fantastic. Thank Put you. me at ease. Gave me some confidence. Gave me some, uh, you know, some things to work on as I leave the studio. You talked about the Red Bull, Brody. Don't have it? Do have yeah, it? Yeah, you can't do it, man. Like, do like a natural, like a coffee or a uh, black tea. Go Actually, I have a energy drink that I'll bring you. I don't drink energy drinks, but they sent me a case and I'll bring it to you. It's all natural and people who are friends of mine who were on Red Bull started drinking this and they're like, wow, feel so much cleaner. Mm-hmm. Red yeah. Bull does, or caffeine can make you a little edgy. Sure. Right. It does. Right. But that's got more in it than that. That's got like... Well, know? it's got 80... It's got 80 milligrams of yeah. caffeine... Well, how much sugar does it have? It, it this is sugar free. No, 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 it's sugar free. I used to do the same thing, and then, I, yeah, I just I did got a little research done to me about it. They're just like, you can't be doing Red Bull even the sugar free because it's, it's 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 attacking your liver. What the twice, taurine it's does? Twice as bad as yeah. soda, right? <laughs> unless, they, unless they sponsor us and then love the Red Bull. Wow, Red let's Bull's let's awesome. let, let, let everyone yeah. know we're for sale. I read up on. That's a good point, actually. I read I read up. They have a lot of money. The taurine is not supposedly not bad for you. Okay. And the caffeine at, at this at the this low level is not bad for you. Right. I don't think it's the caffeine that's killing you. I think there's other things in there that are like that, are that we don't know you. about. That the stuff that gives you wings. Yeah. <laughs> that's the part. That's yeah, you, the stuff you that's shouldn't be having you. wings. Yeah, right. You're a human. Honestly, you're meant to drink it's water. Sending you to heaven. Yeah. Everything everything <laughs> we drink outside of water and possibly juice, we're we're Pushing doing it. something okay. to us. Whether our, our our livers and kidneys are. So you're saying else. it's consider something uh, if I go with coffee? Yeah, coffee. 
I mean, Jeff Ross said that. I listened to him on, mm -hmm. on Joe Rogan's podcast. He said he takes a coffee before he goes up as opposed to a Red Bull. Coffee gives, elevates him a little bit. Red Bull, like too much, but a coffee. Yeah. I used to do the same thing. I used to drink one of those before the uh, the roast battle. And what would happen? TV. I would you... just, I would, I would love the effect because I was just so just, I was on. You know what I mean? Right. But then I wouldn't sleep for seven days. See, I can sleep okay on this. Yeah, that's probably a problem. That means you're like, <laughs> it's <laughs> you're, running you're, through your it's, 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 it's crazy. It's effects. a small, I had a half of a small bottle. All right, all right. That's how it started. Maybe I'm the, just weaker. Uh, I don't know. Lexapro. Oh, there you go. I had half of a small right. Lexapro in it. Yeah. There's a Brody joke in there. You're Klondike. Red Klondipin and uh, Lexapro in my starts. lasagna. <laughs> well, listen, guys, great podcast. Thank you very much. Um, Brody. I would love to have you guys back. Eric, good job. Emma, good job. All Things Comedy, good job. And uh, this will be the final Periscope. We're going to start doing YouTube. YouTube Live next, uh, starting next week. And so go into Twitter this week and put in your questions to Brody at Brody is me friend and send in questions for next week. You're not going to know who the guest is. I already know who the guests are, but just send questions and we'll give them to the guests. And okay. You don't need to know who they are. We're involving the fans. Let, let them be involved. And in, that's what podcasts like, right? Right. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, awesome job. Thanks guys. Thank you. All things comedy. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Tehran. I keep I, I fumble on that every I get nervous, but I'll I got it right. Emma, Tehran. I'll take. And have a great afternoon. Did you want to let, let Oh, what's them, that? Do you want to let them promote their whatever they need to promote their Twitter or anything like that? The two guests. Well, they kind of did, but you want to do it again? Yeah, I thought we did that already. Right? We did that yeah, already. I'm sorry, I missed that. I'm. You missed that. You've been here the whole time. It was fast. It happened fast. We did mention that. Yeah, okay. we did mention that. You Go. can find me on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> all okay. social media at I am Tehran. And every Monday and Thursday at 10 p.m. at the Laugh Factory. Please find me. And of Sounds course, familiar. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Say it again. And Imperfect Gentleman on iTunes and on Dash. And we have the Comedy Central right. Roast Battle podcast. Mm -hmm. Every Thursday it drops. And go watch Valley Vibes on YouTube. I have Valley Vibes on another YouTube. Another one coming out like soon. That. We're going to do another Valley Vibes. And then I say, let's put it out in the universe. Brody, all things comedy, baseball correspondent. Because I can. Send me. All, I mean, I'll get there. Just hook me up somehow. And we'll, and we'll give me a all things comedy Venmo account. And we'll go from there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And go on iTunes and leave a review and leave uh, leave a four stars for the podcast. Go five. Five, five, five stars. stars. I, didn't, I thought I didn't know it was like Uber or whatever. But five, I don't have iTunes. So. As many why stars do, as possible. Why do you not have iTunes? I have all Samsung products. They don't have iTunes on Samsung? Nope. No. You SoundCloud. Sure? Yeah, I have, yeah. I have a note. Damn. I have okay. a Samsung phone. I'd much rather have the Samsung than uh, iTunes. Yeah, but people don't understand. The middle of the country doesn't even have iPhones. They don't? They have They're Samsung? all Samsung people, yeah. They're better phones, first of all. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people on the and the on the planet. The world, right, itself. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Samsung. Yeah, iTunes is, is a rich white man's phone. They they steal from each but other. I got it, bro. I like the new iPhone. It's <laughs> yeah. great. The camera. iPhones are great. And for everyone on Samsung's the Festival of Friendship will be on SoundCloud very soon. Aaron is uploading <laughs> it as we speak. So SoundCloud rappers. Um I'd much rather have the Samsung than uh, I. Are we delayed? The middle of the country. Let me see. They don't. They're all Samsung people. Yeah. Now this would be echo chamber. Hold on one second. Stay with me. I do sound like that. I do sound like that. Right. Exactly. sound like that sometimes. They steal from each other. I got it, bro. I like the new iPhone. It's great. The camera. 
And for everyone on Samsung. Good stuff. Well, you know what? We'll do Echo, Echo Chamber another time. What a great podcast. Thank you very much, guys. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time. Yes, you got it. All things comedy. Stephen Brody Stevens, the Festival of Friendship. Push and believe.